0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Noise Cast. This is Alberto, and today we have a very special guest on the show. We have recently been talking a lot about meme stocks and really the whole GameStop Robinhood fiasco. And the truth is that this seems to be a topic where my ignorance in finance and my ignorance in meme culture seem to kind of converge. So to help us out, we reached out to... Uh, Ryan Broderick, freelance writer and author of the Garbage Day newsletter. Um, and he's here to hopefully help me make some sense out of all this. Ryan, say say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, you know, we're going to jump right into this. You know, over the last, I'd say about three weeks now, um, meme stocks, which was a thing that only... Um, like basically, the Wall Street bets Reddit channel we're only familiar with with the term, and now it's all over the news, it's all over. I heard it on like a local hip hop radio the other day, so it's safe to say that you know it's it's gone viral in every sense of the word. Can you just break down exactly what's going on here?
1: yeah i can do my best because um, i should i should say i am not i am not a financial expert and nothing i say on here is a financial advice um i'm simply just a guy who spends a lot of time on the internet so wall street bets is a subreddit they're like really anarchic uh not pc at all i mean they're just a. it's a it's a pretty rough site um they're not um they're not uncomfortable throwing, you know, slurs around, sexist uh, stuff around. Like it, it's a free for all. It's also a place where people trade investing advice. And uh, about last year, uh, a few of them started uh, investing in GameStop. GameStop is a struggling video game retailer, and a few of these people were like, "No, actually, GameStop has a lot of room to grow. We should invest in it." And it kind of reached a fever pitch about three weeks ago now. And as we record this today, the stock is obviously falling apart. But yeah, at one point, I think it was like 400% up, something insane like that. The the whole idea of a meme stock or meme pumping is kind of a new idea, but I, I suspect it's going to stick around. This idea that the internet can rally around uh, the market in a way to to generate capital.
0: Right, right. And it's interesting that you mentioned a little bit, I, I really like that you kind of dug into the background of the Wall Street bets um, community, right? I I think there's a lot of oversimplifying in, I guess, traditional media as to what Wall Street bets are, is, and isn't. Um, I've seen everything from kind of like the Twitter stance of, well, these are like super woke I don't want to say like capitalist saviors, but I think there's a lot of positioning, like they're there for the little guy and they're they're really trying to help the little guy win one over on, on the big dogs on Wall Street. Like most things in life, I don't think that that's necessarily so clear cut. Just kind of reading uh, some of the covers that you've been writing on it, it, that does not seem to be the case by any stretch.
1: Yeah, I would say like definitely avoid anything that is saying that this is a black and white issue. Um, And this is true for all decentralized internet movements, like no one's in charge. And while that is extremely exciting and invigorating, and it means that the movement can be flexible and move fast and evolve. It also means that the movement can be several different things at once. So, yeah, this could be like an anti-austerity movement that Redditors are taking part in, but it could also just be like a petty trolling campaign. It could also just be like, we don't we don't know who some of these users are, really. We don't know their intentions. So things are really confusing. And, and I think people on the outside get confused, and I think people on the inside get defensive because on the internet, like, anyone can be anybody. So things can spin out of control very fast, which is kind of what we're seeing this week. Uh, this morning, a bunch of moderators took... Over the subreddit, so they're losing the, the original people are losing control. They're, it's it's messy.
0: Yeah, and and I think um, it kind of you you mentioned that you know this is this mean you know the GameStop uh, fiasco may be you know done and over with, but um, like you mentioned before, like this is a decentralized uh, movement for lack of a better word, and you know the problem, the the good and the bad with decentralized movements is essentially that they will kind of take on a life of their own, you know, like right now everyone's rallying around, uh, GameStop and, and AMC, but there's really nothing to prevent, you know, some next, um, like company to be the, you know, the, the stock of choice, right? Like this is not anything that, that has a rhyme or reason necessarily.
1: No, I suspect, I suspect we've sort of hit and past the moment of most organization. Like, I don't think things will get any more coordinated from here on out. Like, I think it's only going to get stranger because you can't, you just like, you can't hold that level of like critical mass together. The energy just becomes too intense and things start to just get very wacky. I guess like,
0: you know, one of the things that I am struggling with is... So like I don't. So let me just be very clear. Like if you if you've ever listened uh, to the show and if you've ever heard any of my rants outside of the show, then you know I am not necessarily. I don't hold a soft spot in my heart for billionaires or the companies that they they build.
1: Oh weird. So I'm very pro-billionaire. I think they're only <laughs> really ethical to have that much money yeah really great people
0: really great people all around but at the same time it doesn't seem like um i am part of a uh online community that does you know they're they're way more in tune with the goings-on in a lot of reddit boards that i am not a part of and i've kind of been seeing this bubbling i want to say from about the start of the year and and forgive me, but this is maybe this is me being a little bit cynical, but like it's hard for me to look at these things and say, well, you know, I think they're operating from a good place. What do you mean? Well, I mean like um, the idea of – well, one of the the, the constant uh, things that you're seeing on social media is that, well, they've – exploit. it's the little guy exploiting a loophole that rich people have been exploiting for years, yeah I don't think it's it's um I don't think it's that but at the same time like I said I can't help but want the want the little guy to win but I I guess I understand enough to know that this isn't exactly how it gets done either.
1: Yeah I mean that's interesting. I, I and I it, this is complicated. This is a very complicated thing because yes on one hand the redditors seem to be like more average, you know, casual investors. I watched a very hilarious interview on Fox Business this morning of a guy who made a bunch of money off of GameStop, and he's just like a guy. He's just like some guy. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, I, I had a tw- I had a tweet from somebody yesterday who was mad at me about something I had said about Wall Street bets, and they're like, oh, I guess you just like. I guess you just like love rich people and hate poor people. And the guy's avatar was Donald Trump. (laughs) That's it. That's the exact distillation of how messy this all is. Because like, yes, these people are the little guy, but make no mistake, any member of Wall Street Bets, if they make enough money, will immediately turn into just like a absolute piece of garbage. (laughs) Like they they idolize Martin Shkreli. Like these people, like, like, the culture of this forum and and i've spoken to a lot of good people from wall street bets as well like i i, I have to say like the the people from the the subreddit who have reached out to me and like talked to me and, and told me about the culture there like i i feel like i have a pretty good handle on the the use of irony and how they how they communicate and how they think of themselves and i i get it but then also there is this like very Trumpian vibe that they, they really lean into and they like it. And, you know, that's, that's just a fact. That's a fact.
0: Right. It's almost like if people on the internet will somehow continue to remain to be people at their core, right? Like, you know, we, uh, for all the, the, Good that someone can do, and and all the good intention. It doesn't necessarily mean that anyone is "quote unquote" of pure heart and fully good or, or fully bad, or as the case may be. Right? It's it's
1: they're at the end of the day they're people, right? Yeah, I mean they're just they're just people, and like internet movements. I mean they're kind of like all political movements, where like you can find bad people in every pocket of any community, but they're even harder to pin down because there is no, there's no president of wall street bets. There are moderators, but even within the moderator community, there's a bunch of division. I mean, it, it, and this was true with Occupy wall street. This was true with the Arab spring. This is true with, uh, the, the MAGA movement. This is true with QAnon. Like this is just how Things on the internet operate, and it's confusing, and human, and annoying, and dumb, and exciting, and all the things in between. That
0: now, obviously, like you know, we're living in at a time where we're at the same time more connected to information than ever before, but at the same time, um, very disconnected from uh, some of those human realities. Like, do you think that's the main driver, and like the main uh, is that the thing that's creating this? interest or overwhelming interest in, in these uh, pockets of online, of online movements. Obviously, you know, Wall Street bets, you know, hit the uh, internet meme lotto, as it were, by being able to make a big enough dent on the market where everyone had to pay attention. But do you think that we're seeing a lot more interest in, in internet subcultures, essentially, because we're we're more aware of the internet, but still not necessarily fully understanding of how the internet works.
1: Yeah, to a degree. I think I think it's one that internet subcultures are not subcultures anymore. They're just like cultures and everyone's everyone's in one, including our parents, right? And then I also think that the, the pandemic plays a large role in this because there's just no physical world to interact in. So everything is consumed via the internet now. So, cause we're all bored and insane in our homes. And so I think like, combining that together you end up with this very strange effect where the internet feels more real than reality and when that happens you start to act very strange because the internet is a very different place than reality even though it's becoming more and more like reality it is still quite different and so there is this kind of like violent reaction like this violent chemical reaction every time the rules of the internet meet the consequences of reality and things just get Very strange and very stressful, and people get very angry. And I, I I suspect that's what's going on, literally as we speak right now within Wall Street bets, where it's like the community was an online thing. It is now becoming like fully physical and real and tangible, and they're learning who each other are. And now, uh, as of yesterday, I think they announced the deep fucking value. One of the original guys going along on GameStop is going to be investigated for his like his job outside of Reddit, and like there's just. There's gonna be some some real life social consequences to what just happened, and it's gonna be very interesting, I guess, to say the least.
0: I guess, kind of like kind of switching switching gears for a bit. I think it's safe to say, like I host a tech culture podcast, so clearly um, there's something about the tech world that I enjoy, um, and you've been you've basically made a career out of covering internet culture. What are some of the the most like? I guess I don't want to I don't want to put a value on it, and like that's a, I guess that's why I'm struggling to find a word for it. But I, my notes were: what is the most insane um, internet culture that you've recently discovered that you know you you're, you're kind of rooting for? Like, if you could pick one insane internet culture that you would like to to see more popularized, like what would it be? But I don't know if that's necessarily. Like I said, I don't want to put present a, a negative value on any um, internet culture necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, some of them deserve it. But for the most part, like, you know, we're all into our own things.
1: Uh, that's a very hard question. Um, and I think it's hard because... I feel like we're sort of like beyond that moment now, like the idea of internet cultures, like, you know, like furries or whatever, like it feels very old fashioned to me now. And it didn't used to, like, it didn't, it didn't feel that way, like even six months ago, but I sort of feel like now, like the bubble has burst on the idea that like there are somehow like distinct internet cultures and obviously like you know people who are into k-pop or something like like they operate differently online or like wall street bets people are different online but i, I don't know i think i think we're in this really weird moment where we're we're beginning to understand that like there's no such thing as there maybe there never even was a, a thing uh, like an internet subculture maybe it's just like It's just stuff you talk about on the internet, but like, I don't know, I I, I probably could have given you a very, very succinct answer to that like six months ago, but ever since actually the capital insurrection, I've been having this like very strange thought process around like how we maybe incorrectly were separating the internet from the not internet. And so I don't know, I don't know the answer to that actually, that's a very hard question. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow, I, I wasn't expecting to uh, to stump you today, but like, it's one of those things where I've actually been thinking a lot more about and I don't know, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I don't, I can't think of, I think before, and I want to say like, probably before, like, May, June. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, I, I'm a little stir crazy, because it's it's been about a year since I've, I, I've left my house in any meaningful way. Um, so... Yeah, like it, it's one of those things where, where I think in the time before COVID, I think that that probably mattered more in in, in the way that we think about the internet versus the way we think about um, the outside world, like the the meat space world, right? No, um, yeah, but that, that's interesting. I, I, I'm, I, I feel a little relieved that I'm not the only one that's, that's struggling with that right now.
1: No, no, I think we all are. I think we all have a very different idea of what the internet is now. Yeah, awesome. I want
0: you to just talk to me a little bit about Garbage Day and just kind of like where Garbage Day came from and just like the quick explanation of what the newsletter is. I know I said it it kind of covers Internet culture, but I think I'm doing it a disservice because I will say it's the it's the only newsletter that I get on a regular basis that I will always open and read and like meaningfully read
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, the origin is, is, uh, interesting. Basically a little over a year ago, I started a newsletter that I would do, um, on my lunch break on Fridays. So the title garbage day was because I thought like, okay, Friday, I'm going to drop off a bunch of garbage from the internet into people's inboxes. The reason I started the newsletter was because it was part of a larger thing I was doing at the time to, Uh, use Twitter less because I think it's like a psychologically damaging website (laughs) and to also kind of create a a space where I could go back to do to like writing on the internet in a way that I enjoyed because I had kind of hit a, a point professionally where I felt burnt out and I felt like I was kind of missing the fun aspects of the internet and so Garbage Day started as a very positive thing. It was just like here's five to seven things on the internet that you might enjoy, because I felt like at that point we had come a very long way from having fun online and I wanted to get back to that. And then I kept it up for quite a while. And last summer I lost my job and I was sort of at this impasse where I thought, well, you know, like I've got this newsletter, I've got a a little under 2000 people reading it probably let's, let's give it, let's go all in. Let's try this, you know, um, what, what the hell? And, uh, it's grown considerably, uh, since, since last July, last August. Um, we're now over 10,000 readers, which is crazy. Um, it's, uh, bringing in enough revenue where I can sort of think about it as my main job. Uh, I've launched a discord now that has like, 200 paying readers in there, just talking about stuff all day. Um, It's growing into something that like I never really expected. It has also changed in format. So instead of just being like goofy five to seven links that you could go check out, I now try to add some more value to it. Um, And it's become like this space where I can write about the internet in a way where it, I was very – I've been very frustrated with the way that like mainstream publications cover the internet for many years and it's only become more frustrating the more mainstream publications get into that space. And so Garbage Day is like a nice way to kind of like do it the way I want to do it. And um, it's been a great – it's been great. I mean I've met like incredible people and written some wild things and it's it's just – it's fun. It's fun as hell.
0: Yeah, man. It's uh, honestly, it's one of those things where I'm not bullshitting you. It's one of those things where I either learn something or I have a genuine laugh, you know, like, you know, not, not like a a LOL on a tweet, but like an actual, like, Oh, like this shit is funny. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I really, really want anyone who's listening right now to, to check that out. We'll get to that, that part in just a bit. You know, it's interesting that you made that pivot, you know, to kind of almost taking this thing. Well, I, no, it, it really is like a, a full-time gig now. You've created your own your own lane uh, with this news, newsletter. And recently, there's been a lot of um, talk of big uh, media companies and social media um, companies looking to purchase their own newsletter distribution companies. Do you think that... I, I really hate this. Th- I, I really hate this question, but I have to ask it. Do you think that there's any validity to this idea that newsletters um, might be the the next um, viable space for journalism?
1: Uh, yeah, don't don't worry about asking it. I get asked it a lot, actually. Um, so it's funny. Like newsletters are almost without question one of the oldest forms of communication on the internet. Like. They're, they're probably like, like they, they predate the internet, but then they've been on the internet since the beginnings of it. Um, so you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a time-tested publication method. That said, there is definitely a huge bubble happening right now. Um, I think a lot of the people who started newsletters this year probably won't be doing them by next year. Or they'll have shifted and gone elsewhere. Um, Discourse blog, which was started by a bunch of former Splinter Gawker folks, started uh, kind of as a newsletter and then it grew out of the newsletter. It's gone back into becoming a blog. Like I think right now we're, we're, we're more so at a moment where everyone's trying to figure out what they want digital media to look like. And Some people will use a newsletter. Some people won't. I think it's just going to be, it's a moment of very fun experimentation. And it reminds me a lot of like 2012, 2011, 2012, where people know that the current setup is bad, but we haven't figured out the new way to fix it. And so we're all trying to like answer that question right now. And so it's fun. I, I think, but I think newsletters are like a, a healthy way to consume stuff. And like, I, I spent many years like writing for like viral traffic sites. And I love not having to, to think that way anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you, you brought back a, a name and a memory that I thought I, I had fully, fully repressed. So thank you for that. So we don't, we should never expect to see another, um, you know, 10 reasons why article.
1: From you? Oh, I mean, I never, I never did one to begin with, but um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with lists. I don't even think there's anything wrong with viral media. And I also think that like a lot of times when people were bagging on viral media, it was actually just like a way to make fun of stuff that women read. And like, I want to be really clear that like you can, I look at all kinds of like dog videos and quizzes and that whole world. I don't mind that whole world, but what I do mind is when you like pull in a lot of good young people and then these huge companies that are making money off of viral traffic like screw everybody over. And I think that happens quite often. So I I think it's cool that we're now at this moment where like millennials are in their 30s, Gen Z is entering the workforce, we're rethinking the way the internet is shaped and operates and we have a moment to like make it good, to maybe fix it uh, or at least make it better. And like those moments don't come around very often. So I'm glad that, you know, I, in a very small way, I'm, I'm part of that as well.
0: Awesome. Definitely looking forward to, you know, as being someone who, who remembers a time before the internet um, and, you know, having my first real meaningful job uh, be at an internet-only publication. Um, I, I got to say that I'm very excited to see what Gen Z will bring to the table because I, I truly believe that they are going to be the ones who, not fix it but
1: figure it out i hope so
0: (laughs) yeah well that's the hope right but yeah man um so ryan thank you so much for for your time this afternoon i really appreciate you um taking the time to talk to us could before we get out of here can you just let everyone know um where they can find you on the internet um and if it's just a plug for the for the newsletter please plug away
1: sure Yeah, yeah um you can follow me on twitter at Broderick, B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K. And you can read me on Garbage Day, garbage day dot email. You can sign up and I'll be in your inbox every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So, oh, and I have a, if you like the sound of my voice, I have a podcast, uh, which is um, you can find uh, at patreon.com slash the content minds, (laughs) where we talk about uh, lots of the things I talked about today. So if you, if you're into that, Head on over and check that out too.
0: Ryan, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. And, you know, you stay safe. Thank you, you too.